And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Well, folks, at moments like this, I don't introduce myself in the same way, which is simply meant to be lighthearted and just a kind of a half, half funny way of introducing the program. Um, but believe me, I, I don't think that much of myself. And I've been asked, you know, you say, I am here, you're quoting scriptures. No, no, indeed. <laughs> no, I'm not, not quoting scripture. Just, just, just saying, you know, after that very nice introduction, uh, something that to me, and it's gonna kind of in a sense makes fun of it. I don't do that on days like today because it's too serious. And we now have 19 children and two teachers murdered uh, down in Uvalde, Texas. Um, and it, it, is a, it is a tragedy of unimaginable proportions. Apparently the second worst shooting uh, of a school since Sandy Hook. And we've still got 17 people injured, so we don't know whether others will die before this thing is all over. And it, it really is a, a horrible situation. So first, let me give you the facts as we now have them. <clears throat> then I'm going to comment a little bit on it. And uh, obviously, when we open up the lines, I want to hear your reflections on, on what you think about this. Apparently, this young man, 18 years old, has had a troubled life. Mother's drug addicted. Uh, I don't know where his father is. Doesn't seem to be in the picture. We haven't heard anything about a father at all. Living with his grandmother. Uh, bullied, uh, here again, this is what we're hearing. I, I can't say these are verified facts, but this is what we're hearing now about his life and his lifestyle. Turned 18 years old, went out and bought a couple of AR-15s and a bunch of ammunition. Um, and for whatever reason, we don't know what the motive was, but first shot his grandmother, who is, by the way, still alive, but she, but. Whether she survives, I think, is, is still in question. He, she was shot, apparently, in the face. So whether she survives is, is still up in the air. But he jumped in a car, without, apparently without a driver's license and without being, without being able to drive very well, crashes the car outside the school, which, here again, you wonder. He's dead now, so we'll, we may never know whether he was going to the school or happened to crash outside the school and, and just saw that as an opportunity. Well, he jumps out of the car with one of the ARs, and I think some ammunition as well, but although he left one AR in the car and left some other ammunition in the car, heads for the school, and apparently there had been a 911 call and that either that or the crash itself came to the attention of a school police officer. There was a school police officer on the grounds who then engaged him before he could enter the school. Now, he apparently didn't wound him, but the police officer was wounded. So he did not stop the assailant. He made his way into the school. He got into the school, immediately ran into a classroom where the students were and the teachers were, barricaded himself inside the classroom, 
and at that point just began to shoot people, just just kill them willy-nilly, just, 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 just began to take them out. And apparently it was a, a, um, uh, the equivalent of a SWAT team from Border Patrol. Uh, I'm not sure what the technical name for this group is, but they're apparently a very, very elite group attached to the Border Patrol that ultimately broke through the barricade and shot him dead. By that time, uh, he had probably shot and killed uh, everybody in the room. And that is what we know now. We, we really don't know much about this young man other than the few facts I've shared with you, which may or may not be true. You, you all know how this goes. In these early stages, you get a lot of information that turns out not to be true. One report I heard was that the police chased him into the crash, but that's not true. The report came out that the police were not chasing him that the 911 was call was made call was made as a result of the crash so the police did not chase him to the school but there was a police officer on duty at the school so the president has already spoken on this and as usual he he strikes the wrong turn tone because he immediately leaped into politicizing this so before i comment on any of that let let's be clear this is a horrible horrible tragedy. We must pray for all the families that are directly affected. I mean, think of all the parents who have lost children, all the loved ones who have lost uh, those two teachers. Uh, 21 families profoundly affected, not, not to mention, by the way, the community, law enforcement. Uh, there was even a report that some law enforcement uh, people had to be taken off the case because their own children were in the school and they felt that they were just too emotionally close to it. Some who saw the carnage uh, simply couldn't handle it. They, 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 seeing, I mean, can you imagine seeing the bodies of 19 children lying dead in a classroom having been gunned down and two teachers? I mean, that's got to be a horrific event in a person's life which probably leads uh, which probably leaves them with some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder after seeing something like that because we as human beings we don't normally see that kind of carnage we don't we just don't see that we might see it depicted in a movie or something but but we don't see we and we know that that's made up we know that that's that's fake but to see something like that in real life with children having been murdered has got to be an, a, a, a horrific, life-changing event uh, in a person's life. Um, so our prayers to God go up in behalf of those families and behalf of those community members, those law enforcement people, all of whom have been profoundly affected by this event because only God can bring the healing that is needed in a situation like this. He's the only one who can do it. Because, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. I think for us to say we understand is, is just, would, would be just be a lie. I don't think that if, if you've not experienced something like that, you can possibly imagine the pain 
you know, I've heard people describing what it feels like when they are caught up in the middle of something like this and, and have a tragedy like, a tragedy like this happen to them. And I've heard people describe it as not being able to breathe, not being able to feel. Uh, it's, it's like an, almost like an outer body experience or, or like your whole, your whole being just hurts. I just can't, I've never experienced anything like that, thank God, and, and, and I don't want to, and I don't wish it upon anybody. Uh, but this is where we are. I, when, when we open the lines, I want to hear your reflections on this. So I do want to get into the, the, the issues that this raises and talk a little bit about this. There are two major things that get raised every time this happens. Joe Biden has already launched into one of them. One is gun control. You know, the, one of the chief idiots of Hollywood, Michael Moore, has already suggested that we repeal the Second Amendment. Yeah, right out of the box. We need to repeal the Second Amendment. Well, folks, stand by. We'll be back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Two weeks ago, the Washington Post ran an op-ed by a student at George Washington University calling for the administration to change the name of the university. He also wants to change the motto, the mascot, and even the names on some of the buildings on campus. The reason, as you might have guessed, is racism. A few commentators have pointed to the irony of the fact that the student's op-ed that wanted to change the university's name of Washington appeared in the Washington Post. Of course, it has the name because that's the name of the city, which is Washington. But I might say to the student who is a senior, and I assume will graduate soon, that he should act on his convictions and drop out of this university. He knows that the name won't be changed, so you have the name of the founder he believes is a racist on his diploma. Does he not understand that George Washington University will be on every resume he ever submits to an employer? Does he not understand that if someone asks him where he went to school, he'll have to say the name George Washington? Don't just virtue signal. Act on your convictions. Drop out of the university you contend does not address the main issues of systemic racism and inequality still present on campus. But first things first. If we should change the name of a university name for a founder who did have slaves and released him at his death, shouldn't we at first change the name of a university that carries the name of a man who was responsible for overseeing the slave trade in America? That would be Yale University. Elihu Yale may not have owned slaves, but he certainly did oversee the slave trade. Of course, Yale won't change its name because that brand is recognized worldwide. But it would make as much sense to change the name of Yale University as to change the name George Washington University. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info slash inflation. That's viewpoints.info slash inflation. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their health care, especially now with inflation the way it is. People are very happy with the savings. Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast and so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience, and people really like that. 
MediShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years. It really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. Find out why people love it. Find out why they rave about the customer service and find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to. Here's the number, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE, 833-44-BIBLE. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Yeah, Michael Moore says this just proves that we need to repeal the Second Amendment, which just goes to show that he has no understanding of our country, our Constitution, or our way of life. Because first of all, the Second Amendment does not give us the right to keep and bear arms. The Second Amendment simply recognizes and secures a right that is God-given. That's the nature of our Constitution and our individual rights. Our Constitution was not written to give us rights. Our Constitution was written to secure the blessings of liberty. It was written to acknowledge and secure the God-given rights of every human being. So we're not going to repeal the Second Amendment, but let's just say theoretically you did. It wouldn't change our right to keep and bear arms, frankly. It wouldn't change our inherent right of self-defense. So other countries have gotten rid of that and they don't have they don't allow people to have guns. Well, that's because they're not constitutional republics as we are. And they're not founded on the principle that our rights are given to us by almighty God, not by the beneficence or the generosity of government. So these people don't have a clue who we really are as a nation. They don't understand our country at all. I guess they've been so miseducated and so indoctrinated that they just don't, they don't, they don't understand our constitution. They don't understand our Republic. They don't understand our way of life, but that's what they go to. He's the only one. He, in fact, he said it's time to stop sort of nibbling around at the edges of this and go right to the heart of it and repeal the second amendment. Yeah. I guarantee you though, when he travels, he'd have armed people with him to protect him. But that's one place they go. The second place they go is obviously we've got to do something about the mental health needs of Americans. And, and, and I have no problem with that. I agree with that. We do need to attend to the mental health needs of people. Apparently, there were signs. This kid had postings on social media that if we're not explicitly threatening murder, were certainly questionable and hinting at the possibility of violence. We'll learn more about that, I'm sure, as the days uh, and weeks go by. But there is no question that we do have a problem of mental illness. And yet, I don't think that that's the ultimate answer. Um, I, I don't think the ultimate answer is red flag laws that, you know, so that somebody wants to get at you, all they've got to do is accuse you of something or suggest that you have some kind of mental problem or, or what have you. And then suddenly your, your firearms are confiscated because you're a danger to yourself and others. Uh, I, but I do think we do need to be aware when people are showing homicidal ideation, particularly or suicidal ideation for that matter, that we need to address that. that, that but, but look, that's not ultimately the government's responsibility. It's ultimately their, their, their parents' responsibility, their family's responsibility. And they can certainly get the law involved if need be, 
But if a person is a danger to themselves and others, and there are people around them who see that, who sense that, then it's up to them to take action. What is this? What, what were we saying about terrorism? If you see something, say something. I think the same is true here. But that aside, and this is what I ultimately want you all to comment on. See, I think we, we missed the boat completely in all of that commentary, gun control, mental health, because the real problem, folks, is spiritual. We have a spiritual problem in America. Now, we just had a shooting uh, in Buffalo, what was that, last week or, or week before? And now we've got a shooting uh, down in uh, Uvalde, Texas. And we seem to be having these things. I haven't done a statistical analysis on this, but we seem to be having them more frequently than we, than we have in the past. But there's a much deeper and bigger problem that doesn't get the kind of press that these mass shootings get. In 2020, we had 9,983 murders in the inner city to the black community committed overwhelmingly, I think to the tune of about 96% of those murders committed by black people, by black criminals. Folks, that's nearly 10,000 people in a year. I mean, that's not quite there, but it's approaching 1,000 people a month. Now, these tragedies that happen are horrific, and they're horrible, and we need to address them. But I think we make a mistake to separate these from the overall crime and violence and murder problem that we have in the country as a whole. And it has nothing to do with guns. Uh, I heard one commentator say, guns are killing people. No, guns aren't killing people. Because like many of you, uh, probably most of you, I am a gun owner. My guns have never killed anybody. When I lock my guns in a safe, guess what? They don't break out and go kill people. If I'm carrying a weapon, guess what? It doesn't leap out of my holster or however I'm carrying it doesn't leap out and, and kill, kill somebody. Now, we need to come to the real issue, and the real issue is spiritual. We have spent the last 60 years now getting God out of our schools, getting the Bible out of our schools, getting prayer out of our schools. Every time anybody mentions God, mentions prayer, mentions the name of Jesus, it's like it's a, it's, it's a national emergency. You know, Coach Joe Kennedy is, is, is still... Um, he, well, he's waiting now, I guess, for his case that's been heard by the Supreme Court. But it, it's, it's been years fighting, having been fired for simply trying to pray on the football field after the game. Our schools were once the number one schools in the world. 
we are now, we tend to be around 28, 29, 30. We're at the bottom of the industrial barrel in terms of what we're doing educationally for our people. The reason why our engineers and our scientists are so often coming from foreign countries now is that we're no longer producing them because we're too busy trying to help people be woke instead of educating people. We're no longer centered on God or centered on the development of the intellect or the development of the mind. We're now settled on indoctrinating people to think a certain way, and God certainly plays no part in that process because they don't want him in the process. Get those Ten Commandments off the walls. That's a violation of church and state. My goodness gracious, the last thing you want is a child to see a a commandment up that says, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet. Oh, you don't, oh, you don't want them to see that. No, you know what you want them to see? You want them to see a pornographic picture of two men having sex. That's what you want. That's going to make them so much better. But the Ten Commandments, oh, no, no, that's dangerous. Oh, that's, get, get that away from, oh, that, that's so offensive. Now, folks, that's really where we are. The average corporation in America today, you could show any kind of sick sexual mess you want, as long as it deals with homosexuality or transgenderism, you could, you could get away with almost anything. They, they Look, I, I've known people who go to work during the month of June and find the, the place covered, a secular corporation covered with rainbow flags celebrating homosexuality, transgenderism, coming out and all of that, try putting a Christian flag up during Easter or Christmas. Try it. You're offending people with that. That, that, You can't do that. But, oh, you can put up all the sick sexual mess you want as long as it's couched in homosexuality and transgenderism. Oh, yeah, that's great. There are going to be some major battles over this stuff in these corporations which have gone completely woke and are now, and now people are starting to question this in a very serious way. Our founding fathers believed that the Bible and that faith in God were absolutely inextricably woven into who we are as Americans. John Adams said, our Constitution was written for moral and religious people. It is wholly unsuitable to the governance of any other. George Washington said, without the Bible and morality, it is unpatriotic to think that you can see America thrive and prosper. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said in essence. In his Thanksgiving address, he said, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his favor and protection. These are former presidents of the United States. These are public proclamations that I'm talking about. These are things they said publicly. And now, don't, don't bring up God. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's offensive. Don't, 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 don't bring that up. I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing, but someone famously wrote the problem in our schools before the 1960s used to be chewing bubble gum 
and, uh, and, and throwing spitballs. And now the problem is shooting people and, uh, and, and, and stabbings and rapes. I mean, were we better off when we had God and the Bible and prayer in our schools? <laughs> yes, we were. Back in a moment to take your calls. It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. Lord, I'm thankful. Today, as I was beginning my day, a friend called and said they would be happy to accept our invitation to visit our home. They're good friends, fellow workers, and their friendship means much to us. Strangely enough, I feel they need our friendship as much as we need theirs. A few years ago, they lost their only child in an automobile accident, and it's been pretty tough on them since then. For their friendship, Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. In the mail this morning came a note from a reader in Australia, the Down Under Continent. He had some very kind words to say about one of the books I've written. You know, Lord, it's folks like that who keep me trying against all the odds. To know that something you do lifts another makes one feel pretty good. Lord, for the people I can help, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. This morning I picked up our youngest son and looked into his eyes. He's just slightly over three months old now. But he means so much to his mother and me. He's so precious, as all new life is. His smile makes the day so much more enjoyable. And at noon, Tim got his swimming lesson. I kept the girls while Linda carried him to the pool. It's such a great task and responsibility, this thing of being a parent. You've entrusted to us the care and training of four wonderful children. They bring so much love and happiness to our lives. Lord, for a loving family, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. On the way downtown, I passed by an office building where the American flag was displayed. It's symbolic of one of the greatest privileges known to mankind, this flag. For it stands for freedom, justice, service, and a host of other attributes belonging to the higher nature of man. I know that in this country, with hard work and dedicated desire, I can reach the limit of my potential. Sure, there are obstacles, but that's par for the course and makes the striving so much more exciting. Lord, for the high privilege of living in this country, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. Today, a friend and I did a little work around the church building. My friend is such a great man in his own way, but if I ever told him, he would blush and be embarrassed. He's like many of the other folks in the church. They take their jobs as being followers of the way seriously. And it's friends like them that keep me going when I get down in the dumps. Lord, for friends who can share with me the faith of the man of Galilee, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. As we stopped at the light today, the family in front of us were having such a good time. They just bought some ice cream cones, and the mother had a double dip. 
One side was hers, and the other side she gave to her infant. As I sat and watched the small child enjoy that treat, I laughed out loud with joy. Lord, for the simple things in life, such as a mother's love, I'm thankful. I could go on and on, Lord. You know that. So just let me close by saying that for this day and tomorrow and the days after and all the wonderful possibilities they hold, Lord, I'm thankful. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. There's an old song. I don't know whether you all have heard it. It says, people need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he's the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize people need the Lord? This young man needed God. Yeah, I'm sure he could have used some mental illness treatment, but he needed God because what happened was demonic forces took over his mind and used him to frankly bring glory to the devil by committing a, a horrible act of carnage against innocent human beings. You know, uh, Matthew 12, 24, 24, 12 says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And that's exactly where we are right now. We are, we are living in a lawless culture and we have people in government who are promoting that lawlessness through a whole series of things that they're doing, promoting lawlessness by having a revolving criminal door uh, policy, by, by allowing illegal immigrants to cross our border and violate our sovereignty, uh, by constantly making excuses for people rioting and looting. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lawless culture that they are promoting. And... Jesus, the word says that you reap what you sow. The number is 888-589-8840. And by the way, I'll, I'll let you all comment because there are a lot of comments we could make about this whole gun control thing because I, I always think about what if, what if one or both of those teachers had been armed? While this guy was barricading the, do the door, they could have gotten the, dro the drop on him and shot him or, or killed him or threatened him sufficiently that he would have given up. Uh, before he even had a chance to kill anybody. But here again, I know everybody doesn't want to carry a firearm, but it's something to think about, that you know, the, a police officer tried to stop him, and he couldn't. Our last, our last wall and line of defense ultimately is ourselves, folks. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's get to your calls. Uh, let's go to Kevin in North Carolina. Kevin, welcome. Hello, Bishop. This is Kevin again from North Carolina. Good I, to hear I'd from like you, Kevin. That it is a tragic accident that took place in Texas, and and our leader, our leaders want to grasp at gun control, but I did a study where there's over close to twenty close to 20,000 cities in America, and there's about 
almost 5,000 facilities for mental health and 668 total in the in the U.S. and our and our country as a whole is not attacking the mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um and even if if we look at, look at our prisons, how they are guarded like Fort Knox, but our children are guarded like that. Amen. Kevin, thank you for the call. Point well made. Point very well made. Um, okay, let's 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 keep going because I know you all want to express yourselves on this. Let's go to Louie in Virginia. Louie, welcome. Good morning, Bishop. Oh, afternoon now. God bless you. Uh, yeah, I just want to tell everybody to lift up all the families and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's say two things and I'm going to get off here. Number one, God didn't make no mistakes. Everything he made was good, and he made male and female. And I'll have to say to the gender, God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And the other comment I want to make, when this started about 30 years ago, when they started shooting in schools and everything, when he took the prayer out, and everybody wanted to know why, that was one of the reasons. But my concern is they want to blame the guns. Most of these shootings, correct me if I'm wrong, that they knew something ahead of time, whoever it was, the security, the FBI, CI, but they didn't act on it till after it already happened. And that, that's all I got to yeah. say. I'll leave it at that. God bless you. Well, Louis, God bless you, too. Thank you for the call. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's always some indication with law enforcement that there's something going on. But for some reason, we haven't gotten aggressive about dealing with people who, who express these these ideations, these homicidal ideations. And by the way, folks, here again, I say it ultimately comes back to a spiritual issue because why is it that we associate mental illness with this kind of thing? Why couldn't somebody be mentally ill and, and give up everything he's got and go buy flowers and give flowers out to people and, and tell people how much he loves them? But that's not what mental illness is associated with, is it? Because there's a demonic element to this. 888-589-8840. Uh, let's go to Essence in Texas. Oh, hold on, Essence. Welcome. Essence, welcome. You're on. Hey, my heart is so tore up over this. In these end days, all schools should have an automatic door locking system on each classroom that is activated by metal detectors. But I'm wondering, Bishop, were the doors unlocked um, when session was in school? And who failed? Who left it open? This is another reason schools need armed security guards. And I also think there should be no classrooms on the first floor. And for anyone coming to the school during session, should call, make an appointment, and be greeted at the door to be let in. Otherwise, lock up, and for fire alarm, the door should automatically unlock and also be opened manually in case of emergency. Mm. I'm just so broken. I'm trying to keep myself from crying. Yeah. Well, you have a blessed day, sir. Thank you very much, Essence. Uh, those, Those are great common sense suggestions. In fact, it, we have yet to know why he was able to walk into that school because the door should have been locked. And some have suggested because he knew the community and knew the school, he knew that a door was open and knew which door to go in. So 
Uh, but he, here again, this is all sti- still fairly early. We don't know, but you're absolutely right, Essence. You should not be able to walk into an elementary school or any school, for that matter, off the streets. That's that that in and of itself is dangerous. So we'll have to get to the bottom of why that happened. Eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. Let's go to Anna in Virginia. Anna, welcome. Hi, good morning, Bishop Jackson. Good afternoon, um, Anna. I just want to... Oh, good afternoon. Yes, it is afternoon. <laughs> uh, sorry, gosh, we shouldn't be laughing, but uh, it is. This is so sad. Um, you know, you hit it on the head when you said that there's a spirit of evil that has been released into the world, and God is using this to call people back to him. And instead of focusing on more controls, you know, we need to go out there and, and just kind of bring people together and let them know more about what Jesus does, what, what, he, what changes he can do. You know, um, and you talked about um, that this young man had mental illness, but, uh, and it might be a bit of a rabbit hole, but up until uh, not too long ago, um, homosexuality was considered a mental illness. Mm. Yeah, well, they, nobody, they, they don't want to go there any longer. Uh, thank you for the call, uh, though, Anna. They don't want to go there any longer. And when people like you and I raise that issue, of course, we're homophobes and we're bigots and we're haters and, and so on and so forth. Um, look, to, to follow up, what Anna suggested, Hosea chapter four says this for the Lord brings the charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land by swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery. They break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed. That's a prophetic text which I believe speaks to the moment we are in right now. The number is 888-589-8840. We'll return to take your calls. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. 
Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted, and they are suffering big time right now. This is Bible League International, and 19-year-old Aria was beaten by her own father and violated by local authorities. You know what her crime was? Simply that she gave her life to Jesus Christ after leaving radical Islam. Now, she didn't grow bitter. She grew bold, and with others in her evangelical church near Cairo, Egypt, they've seen more than 300 come to Christ, but as new believers are pressured to renounce Jesus, they need Bibles in order to endure and persevere. And elsewhere in the Middle East, Pastor Yusuf and a deacon in his church were kidnapped in broad daylight. His family was unable to pay the ransom, so the Islamic radicals, they beat Yusuf and killed the deacon. But you know, in spite of this mistreatment and the loss of his friend, Pastor Yusuf says it is an honor to suffer for Jesus. And that's why we're sending God's Word at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. God bless you for caring. So I began to just look at my day, where were the times of day and the types of foods that I was eating that were triggers for me. Amber Leah on Focus on the Family Minute. And once I got clear on that, it made it much easier to put a practical change into place. So I noticed for me, okay, I'm tired by the end of the day, I have these four lovely boys, but by the time (laughs) they're in bed, I'm wiped out and I just wanted to sink onto the couch and reward myself for getting through the day. And so for me, like John, is ice cream. I would go to the freezer, open up the refrigerator, guy would scoop the ice cream for me, and it wasn't just a serving size, it was a nice big bowl full, and I would eat ice cream every night for years. And so I began to realize that if I keep doing that, obviously that's not gonna be supportive of getting healthier. And so I had to say, okay, put a different plan in place. Hear more from Amber at familyminute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. The number again is 888-589-8840. Uh, let's continue to take your calls. Most of you are commenting on this shooting down in Texas, which obviously is dominating the news. 19 children, two adults, viciously, brutally murdered by an 18-year-old madman who had just shot his own grandmother, and that kind of tells you a lot right there. She is not she is not in great condition. They don't know whether she will live or not, but she is not dead. So thank God for that. There's some hope that she might survive this, and maybe if she does, she can tell us some things that we don't now know uh, about what was going on in this young man's life that made him do such a horrific thing. Okay, let's come back to your calls. Let's go to Don in Ohio. Don, welcome. Yes, Bishop. God bless you. And AFR God bless for allowing you this to happen where we can come in and call and speak on these subjects. Terrific thing happened there with those young children. But we have to look at the fact that the liberals jump on this when this happens, and they're so against the, the, the death of these young children. But we're losing thousands a day of aborted children, and they want to applaud that. I find that very very unlikely to uh, to be in God's eyes looked on it as anything of any well-being. They wouldn't want to hear this, Don, but, but the, the abortion of 1.2 million babies every year is just as horrific, and, and I would argue even more so, just because it's not seen, just because you do it in the, in the pristine... 
uh, in hidden rooms of a, of a, of a so-called abortion clinic doesn't make it any less monstrous. Thank you for the call, Don. Uh, let's see. Let's go to CJ in North Carolina. CJ, welcome. Hey, Jackson, I appreciate the time. Uh, I'm a United States Marine. Uh, and, you know, Semper Fi, brother, Semper Fi. You as well, Devil Dog. The, um, so, from like a warfighting perspective, right, someone who is formally trained to use weapons, like the, the, the fact is very simple that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, and that will never not be true. Additionally, people have got to understand that, like, even if you took the gun out of the hands of the person who desires to commit these kind of crimes, you could easily replace that with a knife and he would still be able to, to take life and, or you could take the knife away. Right. And you, you could like, ultimately you look at Cain and Abel, right. He took a life with a rock. Um, and, and so just the, and you said it earlier, so I really don't want to berate it except the fact that this is such a heart issue. Uh, and I've got three kids of my own and it just, I mean, and, and I actually grew up about 30 minutes away from, uh, you all day. So it, this, oh, wow. um, it, it just really, really touches, uh, me and it, it's a, it's a combination of anger and sadness, but you know, my encouragement to your listeners is the, the, the ability for us to defend ourselves by legally owning a weapon in this country is, is a blessing, but you owe it to yourself and to those around you to be properly trained and know how to do that and to be prepared, uh, to, to use it. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people run away from the gun cause they're scared um, instead of respecting and understanding, it's not it, the, the gun is not the problem. It's the it's the hands that are holding it that are the problem. And yeah. all in all, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, we should be praying for these communities uh, and exploiting the opportunity to, to share the gospel as we kind of talk about uh, the, the core issue, which is sin, the sin that is in people's hearts Amen. that will drive us to evil. Um, so God bless you. Thank, thank you for doing my prayers. Thank you, CJ. And thank you for your service, too, brother. Thank you for your service. Uh, couldn't agree more. Um, look, the gun is an inanimate object, and I hear people say, well, I hate guns. Well, I mean, do you hate a shovel? Because that's all it is. It's just a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. Um, you, you know, the, the other thing that needs to be said about this is that... We as human beings have got to take ultimate responsibility for our own lives and our own defense. And a gun is simply another way of, of doing that. You know, I, I, folks, I, I don't say this with any pleasure, but you know, as I travel around now, I, I, I have learned to be a lot more observant of people, of circumstances, I often I'll be standing in a store in a supermarket and think to myself, if something were to pop off here, where is my best cover? Where, what should I be looking for? Where can I best go um, in order to make it harder for me to be a target? And it's, it's sad, but, but CJ is absolutely right. We, we have got to the, the, the best defense against somebody, a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun who is prepared to use that weapon effectively. Um, so I think we've just got to be more circumspect than we've ever been before, because I think we are living at a time when iniquity is abounding, lawlessness is abounding, the love of many is growing cold, and there's bloodshed upon bloodshed, including abortion, by the way. And you know, the word of God says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. 
And of course, these children aren't responsible for that, and their parents aren't responsible for that, and that community isn't responsible for that. But, but you know, we are the most pro-abortion country. We are one of the most pro-abortion countries in the world. That, it, that's a little odd, isn't it? That we are one of the most pro-abortion countries in the world. We have more liberal abortion laws than our European allies do, and they are liberal to the hilt. But somehow they get this idea that abortion is the killing of an unborn baby and you shouldn't be doing it lightly or willy-nilly. 888-589-8840. Let's get a few more calls in here. Let's go to Lisa in Louisiana. Lisa, welcome. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, it is pure evil. And I agree with you. You know, the gun is just a tool that, uh, you know, they are using to carry out their evil acts. And um, I also want to say that, you know, our tax dollars, we should have police officers at every school, whether it's sheriff's office, you know, um, you know, whatever, protecting our children. We are paying, you know, the officers, you know, and their salaries, and we should have people protecting our children. I, look, Lisa, I, I absolutely agree. Each municipality has to figure out how to finance that and get that done. Um, but but I agree with you. And, and we also need to, this stuff of calling school uh, buildings no gun zones. I mean, well, now, here again, it's just common sense, folks. A law-abiding citizen in a school Carrying a gun is one of the best things that can happen if somebody shows up like this guy intent on killing people. The criminals don't care what the they don't care what the policies or the laws are. You put these signs up, and the only people who will obey them are law-abiding citizens. And the criminal could care less. I mean, it's just it's just utterly ridiculous, ridiculous, so lacking in common sense. Thank you for the call, Lisa. Let's go to Rachel in Mississippi. Rachel, welcome. Hi. Uh, I thank you for your show. I really enjoy your show when I get to listen to it. Uh, a point I want to make is Satan was one of the most adorned musicians there was in, in heaven. He was a minister to God. Mm-hmm. We have a whole generation lost because of the, the propaganda in, is used to twist the minds and hearts and adults follow yeah. in the foot of Satan to be rebellious people. It is from music games, the moves, everything that you put in the state of your mind. Rachel, thank you for the call. Rachel, you're breaking up. I, I got most of that, I think, but you were breaking up and in and out. Um, I had a young man. I know what Rachel's talking about. She's talking about all this gangster rap music. I, I guess they've got a new name that they're calling it now. I forget, but but I had a young man when I was pastoring up in Boston say to me that he was about to go kill a guy who had quote unquote dissed him. And the the motivation for killing the guy was based on a rap music song he was listening to that was just telling him, go get strapped and go take him out and all of that nonsense. And 
He said, it's almost like he came to himself, because a member of my church came to himself and realized, oh my goodness, what am I thinking? What am I doing? But that, but you're right. And, and for, the, for Hollywood and the entertainment culture to deny, particularly for young people, that this stuff can have an impact and an influence. This is a Christian young man coming to church who admitted to me that the music was charging him up to go do something that would have been very evil and as well as very stupid. So for those who want to put their heads in the sand and say, oh, no, it's not having that effect. That's why I've denounced that all that gangster rap nonsense. And you got people like Michael Eric Dyson, so-called supposed to be some kind of scholar and just as stupid as he can be. Oh, that's that's the it's it's an it's an expression of the black community. No, it's an expression of sin and pathology is what it is. It's it's elevating the evil and trying to make it something good. So, Rachel, you are absolutely right. But here again, anything but God, right? Anything but God. Look, the, uh, the all the mainstream entertainment world has embraced all this this nasty rap and all these gangster rappers, but. I said, but but try to put a Christian song up. What if you said to the uh, the NFL, hey, at halftime, why don't you have a gospel concert? You know, you oh no, people will be offended by that. Oh no, we don't want to do that. No, 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 no. What about Christian music? Oh no, 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 no. And you you know some of the stuff that they've put up there. Just let's let's see. Let's get in Laurie in Oklahoma. Laurie, welcome. Hi, thank you. Well, I heard pieces of what she said, and it was really uh, choppy, but I felt like she was headed in the same direction I was. I was really sad to see the many uh, groups of people jump on the idea of blaming guns and not the culture, and then mm-hmm. talking about... Laurie, it's happening to you too, but I got it. Yeah, we need to, we need to look at the spiritual condition of our culture as a country not not an instrument that can be used for good or for evil. That's going to do it for today, folks. Well, our prayers go up for the people um, who have been affected by this horrible event. But remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.